0: section 29 of the bagpipers by georgeson translated by catherine prescott warmly this librivox recording is in the public domain twenty ninth evening one sunday it was that of the last publication of brulette's bands the head woodsman and his son who had seemed all day to be consulting privately went off together saying that a matter connected with the marriage called them to Noan broulette who knew all about the arrangements for her wedding was a good deal surprised at their sudden activity and still more that they told her nothing about it she was even inclined to part at uriel who said he should be absent for twenty-four hours but he would not yield and managed to pacify her by letting her think he was only going on her business and planning to give her some pleasant surprise but terence whom i watched narrowly seemed to me to make an effort to hide her uneasiness and as soon as her father and uriel had started she carried me off into the little park and said tiennet i am worried to death and i don't know what can be done to remedy matters listen to what has happened and tell me if we can do anything to prevent harm last night as i lay awake i heard my father and brother agreeing to go and protect joseph and from what they said i made out that joseph though very ill received by the bagpipers of your parts to whom he applied for admission to the guild is determined to insist on admittance a thing that they dare not refuse him openly without having put his talents to the test it appears that the younger karnat has also applied for admittance in place of his father who retires and his trial was to take place before the corporation this very day so that joseph has put himself forward to interfere with a claim that was not to be contested and which was promised and half granted in advance now some of our woodcutters who frequent the wine shops have overheard certain wicked plans which the bagpipers of your neighbourhood are making for they are resolved to eject joseph if they can by sneering at his music if there was no greater risk than his having to bear injustice and defeat i should not be so uneasy as you see me but my father and brother who belong to the guild and have a voice in all proceedings feel it their duty to be present at this competition solely to protect joseph and more than that there was something i could not make out because the guild have certain secret terms among themselves which my father and brother used and which i did not understand but however one looks at it i am sure they are going into danger for they carried under their blouses those little single sticks the harm of which you have already seen and they even sharpened their pruning hooks and hid them under their clothes saying to each other early this morning the devil is in that lad he can neither be happy himself nor let others be we must protect him however though he is obstinately rushing among the wolves without thinking of his own skin or that of others my brother complained saying he did not want to break anybody's head or have his own broken just as he was going to be married to which my father replied that there was no use in anticipating evil what one had to do was to go where humanity required us to help our neighbor. As they named Leonard among those who had overheard the malicious talk, I questioned him hastily just now, and he told me that Joseph and consequently those who support him have been threatened for a week or more, and that your bagpipers talk of not only refusing him admittance at this competition, but also of depriving him of the wish and the power to try again. I know from having heard it spoken of as a child when my brother was admitted. That the candidates must behave boldly and endure all sorts of trials of their strength and courage with us the bagpipers lead a wandering life and do not make their music so much of a business as yours do therefore they don't stand in each other's way and never persecute the candidates it seems from what leonard told me and from my father's preparations that here it is different and that such matters end in fights which last till one or the other side gives up help me tienne for i am half dead with fear and anxiety i dare not rouse our woodcutters if my father thought i had overheard and betrayed the secrets of the guild he would deny me all trust and confidence in future he expects me to be as brave as any woman can be in danger but ever since that dreadful malzac affair i own to you i have no courage at all and that i am tempted to fling myself into the middle of the fight so much do i dread the results for those i love and you call that want of courage my brave girl i replied now don't be troubled and leave me to act the devil will be very cunning if i can't discover for myself without suspicion falling on you what those bagpipers are about and if your father blames me if he even drives me away and refuses the happiness i have been hoping to win i shall not care terence so long as i bring him or send him safe back to you and uriel also i shall have my reward even if i never see you again goodbye don't give way to anxiety say nothing to brulette for she would lose her head i know what should be done look as if you knew nothing i take it all on my shoulders terence flung herself on my breast and kissed me on both cheeks with the innocence of a pure girl so filled to the brim with courage and confidence i went to work i began by finding lénard whom i knew to be a good fellow very bold and strong and much attached to pere bastien though he was rather jealous of me on the score of terence he entered into my scheme and i questioned him as to the number of bagpipers who were to meet for the competition and the place where we could watch the assembly he could not tell me anything under the first head as to the second he knew that the trial was not to be in secret and the place appointed was saint chartier in benoit's tavern an hour after vespers the deliberation on the merits of the candidates was all that was to be held in secret and even that was to be in the same house and the decision was to be rendered in public i thought of half a dozen resolute lads fully able to keep the peace if as therence feared the matter should end in a quarrel and i felt that justice being on our side plenty of other fellows would come forward to support us. So I chose four who consented to follow me, making with Léonard and myself six in all. They hesitated only on one point, the fear of displeasing their master, the head woodsman, by giving him help he had never asked for. But I swore to them that he should never know that they gave it deliberately, for we could easily pretend we were there by accident, and then, if anyone were blamed, they could throw it all on me, who had asked them there to drink without their knowing what was going on. So it was all agreed, and I went to tell Terence that we were fully prepared against every danger, after which we started, each carrying a stout cudgel, and reached saint Chartier at the hour named. Benoît's wine shop was so full there was no turning round in it, and we were obliged to take a table outside. Indeed, I was not sorry to leave my contingent there, exhorting them not to get drunk, and to slip myself into the shop, where I counted sixteen professional bagpipers, without reckoning Uriel and his father who were sitting at table in a dark corner with their hats over their eyes and all the less likely to be recognized because few of those present had met them in our parts i pretended not to see them and speaking so they could hear me i asked benoit what this meeting of bagpipers was for as if i had not heard a word about it and did not understand its object why don't you know said the host who was getting over his illness but was pallid and much reduced that your old friend joseph the son of my housekeeper is going to compete with carnau's son i must say it is great folly on his part added benoit lowering his voice his mother is much distressed and fears the ill will that grows out of these competitions indeed she is so troubled that she has lost her head and the customers are complaining for the first time that she does not serve them properly can i help you i said glad to get a reason for staying inside and going about among the tables faith my boy he replied if you really mean it you can do me good service for i don't deny that i am still pretty weak and I can't stoop to draw the wine without getting giddy. Here is the key of the cellar. Take charge of filling and bringing in the jugs. I hope that Mariton, and her scullions can do the rest. I didn't need telling twice. I ran out for an instant to tell my companions of the employment I had taken for the good of the cause, and then I went to work as a tapster, which enabled me to see and hear everything. Joseph and the younger Carnot were at either end of a long table feasting the guild, each taking the guests halfway down. There was more noise than pleasure going on the company was shouting and singing to avoid talking for they were all on the defensive and it was easy to feel the jealousies and self-interests heaving below i soon observed that all the bagpipers were not as i had feared in favor of the carnals against joseph for no matter how well a guild is managed there are always old grudges which set members by the ears but i also saw little by little that there was no comfort to joseph in this because those who did not want his rival wanted him still less and hoped to get the number of professional bagpipers lessened by the retirement of old Carna, i even fancied that the greater number thought in this way and i concluded that both candidates would be rejected after feasting for about two hours the competition began silence was not demanded for bagpipes in a room are instruments that don't trouble themselves about other noises and the shouters and talkers soon gave up the contest a crowd of people pressed in from outside. My five comrades climbed on the open window sill, and I went and stood near them. Uriel and his father did not stir from their corner. Carnat, who drew the lot to begin, mounted the bread box and, encouraged by his father, who could not restrain himself from beating time with his sabots, played for half an hour on the old fashioned bagpipe of the country with its narrow windbag. He played very badly, being much agitated, and I saw that this pleased the greater part of the bagpipers. They kept silence as they always did so as to seem solemn and important but others present kept silence too this hurt the poor fellow who had hoped for a little encouragement and his father began to growl and to show his revengeful and malicious nature when joseph's turn came he tore himself away from his mother who was still entreating him in a low voice not to compete he too mounted the box holding his great bourbonnais bagpipe with great ease the which quite dazzled the eyes of all present with its silver ornaments its bits of looking-glass and the great length of its pipes joseph carried himself proudly looking round contemptuously on those who were to hear him everyone noticed his good looks and the young fellows about asked if he could really be joset the Dallard, whom they had once thought so stupid and seen so puny but his haughty air disgusted everybody and as soon as the sound of his instrument filled the room there was more fear than pleasure in the curiosity he excited nevertheless there were present persons who knew good music particularly the choir of the parish church and the hemp-spinners, who are great judges, and even elderly women, guardians of the good things of the past. And among such as these, Joseph's music was quickly accepted, as much for the easy manner in which he used his instrument as for the good taste he displayed and the correct rendering which he gave to the new and very beautiful airs he played. A remark being made by the Carnas that his bagpipe, having a fuller sound, gave him an advantage, he unscrewed it and used only the chanter, which he played so well that the music was even more delightful than before finally he took carnau's old-fashioned bagpipe and played it so cleverly that anyone would have said it was another instrument than the one first used the judges said nothing but all others present trembled with pleasure and applauded vehemently declaring that nothing so fine had ever been heard in our parts and old mother blin de la boreille who was eighty-seven years old and neither deaf nor dumb walked up to the table and wrapping it with her distaff said to the bagpipers with the freedom her age warranted you may make faces as much as you like and shake your heads but there's not one of you can play against that lad he'll be talked off two hundred years hence but all your names will be forgotten before your carcasses are rotten in the earth then she left the room saying as did all present that if the bagpipers rejected joseph it would be the worst injustice that was ever done and the wickedest jealousy that could be confessed the conclave of bagpipers now ascended to an upper room and i hurried to open the door hoping to gather something by overhearing what they said to each other in going up the stairs the last to enter were the head woodsman and his son as they did so pere carnard who recognized uriel from having seen him with us at the midsummer bonfire asked what they wanted and by what right they came to the council the right of membership in your guild answered pere bastien and if you doubt it ask us the usual questions or try us with any music you like on this they were allowed to enter and the door was shut i tried to listen but everyone spoke in a low voice and i could not be sure of anything except that they recognized the right of the two strangers to be present and that they were deliberating about the competition without either noise or dispute through a crack in the door i could see that they divided into parties of five or six exchanging opinions in a low voice before they began to vote but when the time for voting came one of the bagpipers looked out to see if anyone were listening and I was forced to disappear in a hurry lest I should be caught in a position which would put me to shame without an excuse, for I certainly could not say that my friends were in danger in such a peaceful conclave. I found my young fellows below sitting at table with others of our acquaintance who were toasting and complimenting Joseph. Carnard the younger was alone and gloomy in a corner, forgotten and mortified. The monk was there, too, in the chimney corner, inquiring of Mariton and Benoit what was going on. When told all about it he came up to the long table where they were drinking with joseph and asked him where and from whom he had got his teaching friend joseph said he we know each other you and i and i wish to add my voice to the applause you are now of good right receiving but permit me to point out that it is generous as well as wise to console the vanquished and that in your place i should make friendly advances to young carnard whom i see over there all alone and very sad the monk spoke so as to be heard only by joseph and a few others who were near him and i thought he did so as much out of kind-heartedness as by instigation of joseph's mother who wanted the carnas to get over their aversion to her son this appeal to joseph's generosity flattered his vanity you are right brother nicolas he said then in a loud voice he called to young carna come francois don't sulk at your friends you did not play as well as you know how to i am quite sure but you shall have your revenge another time besides judgment is not given yet so instead of turning your back on us come and drink and let us be as quiet together as a pair of oxen yoked to a cart everybody approved of this speech and karnat fearing to seem jealous accepted the offer and sat down near him so far so good but joseph could not keep from showing his opinion that his art was far above that of others and in offering civilities to his rival he put on such a patronizing manner that karnat was more hurt than ever you talk as if you were already elected he said and it is no such thing it is not always for the skill of the fingers and the cleverest compositions that those who know what they are about select a man sometimes they choose him for being the best known and the most respected player in the country for that makes him a good comrade to the rest of the guild oh i expect that returned joseph i have been long absent and though i pique myself on deserving as much respect as any man yet i know they will try to fall back on the foolish reason that i am little known well i don't care for that francois i did not expect to find a company of good musicians among you capable of judging me or my merits and lovers enough of true knowledge to prefer my talent to their own interests and that of their acquaintances all that i wanted was to be heard and judged by my mother and friends by intelligent ears and reasonable beings for the rest i laugh at your screaming and bellowing bagpipes and i must say god forgive me that i shall be prouder of being rejected than accepted the monk remarked gently that he was not speaking judiciously you should not challenge the judges you demanded of your own free will he said pride spoils the highest merit leave him his pride said karnat i am not jealous of what he can show he ought to have some talent to cover his other misfortunes remember the old saying good player good dupe what do you mean by that said joseph setting down his glass and looking the other in the eye i am not obliged to tell you said Carnat. all the others understand it "'But I don't understand it, and as you were speaking to me, "'I'll call you a coward if you dare not explain yourself.' "'Oh, I can tell you to your face,' returned Carnard. "'It is something that need not offend you at all, "'for perhaps it is no more your fault to be unlucky in love "'than it is mine to be unlucky tonight in music.' "'Come, come,' said one of the young men who were present. "'Let Josette alone. "'She has found someone to marry her, and that's enough. "'It is nobody's business.' It is my opinion said another that it was not joseph who was tricked in that affair but the other who is going to shoulder his work whom are you speaking of cried joseph as if his head were reeling who is it you call josette what wicked nonsense are you trying on me hold your tongues cried mariton turning scarlet with anger and grief as she always did when brulette was attacked i wish your wicked tongues were torn out and nailed to the church door speak lower said one of the young men you know that mariton won't allow a word against her joset's fair friend all beauties uphold each other and mariton is not yet so old but what she has a voice in the chapter
1: <laughs>
0: joseph was puzzling his brains to know whether they were blaming or ridiculing him explain it to me he said pulling me by the arm don't leave me without a word to say i was just going to meddle though i had vowed i wouldn't get into any dispute in which pere bastien and his son were not concerned when François Carnat cut me short. Nonsense, he said to Joseph with a sneer. Tiene can't tell you any more than what I wrote you. That is what you were talking of, is it? said Joseph. Well, I swear you lie, and that you have written and signed false witness. Never. Bravo, cried Carnat. You knew how to make your profit out of my letter. And if as people think you are the author of that child, you have not been such a fool after all in getting rid of your property to a friend a faithful friend too for there he is upstairs looking after your interests in the council but if as i now think you came into these parts to assert your right to the child which was refused that accounts for a queer scene which i saw from a distance at the castle of chassin what scene said the monk let me tell you young man that i too may have witnessed it and i want to know how truly you relate the things that you see as you please returned carna i will tell you what i saw with my own eyes without hearing a word that was said and you may explain it as you can you are to know the rest of you that on the last day of last month joseph got up early in the morning to hang his may bunch on brulette's door and seeing a baby about two years old which of course was his he wanted no doubt to get possession of it for he seized it as if to go off with it and then began a sharp dispute in which his friend the Bourbonnais woodcutter the same that is upstairs now with his father and who is to marry brulette next sunday struck him violently and then embraced the mother and child after which joseph was gently shoved out of the door and did not show his face there again i call that one of the queerest histories i ever knew Twist it as you will it still remains the tale of a child claimed by two fathers and of a girl who instead of giving herself to the first seducer kicks him away as unworthy or incapable of bringing up the child of their loves instead of answering as he had proposed to do brother Nicolas returned to the chimney and talked in a low voice but very eagerly with benoit joseph was so taken aback at the interpretation put upon a matter of which after all he did not know the real meaning that he looked all round him for assistance and as mariton had rushed from the room like a crazy woman there was no one but me to put down Carnat. the latter's speech had created some astonishment but no one thought of defending brulette against whom they still felt piqued i began to take her part but Carnat interrupted me at the first word oh as for you he said no one accuses you "'I dare say you played your part in good faith, "'though it is known that you were used to deceive people "'by bringing the child from the Bourbonnais. "'But you are so simple, Tiennet, "'that you may never have suspected anything. "'The devil take me,' he continued, addressing the company, "'if that fellow isn't as stupid as a basket. "'He is capable of being godfather to a child, "'believing all the while they were christening a clock. "'He probably went into the Bourbonnet to fetch this godson of his, "'who, they told him, was found in a cabbage, "'and he brought it back in a pilgrim's sack.' In fact, he is such a slave and a good cousin to the girl that if she had tried to make him believe the boy was like him, he would have thought so too. End of section 29